Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast. A little bit different this week and all this week. Uh, I'm Martin Saunders uh, and today my co-host becomes my guest. Very exciting. Yes. I do feel actually like a guest. I feel like really uncomfortable and a bit anxious. Yeah, but normally guests wait until they're oh, introduced sorry. Yeah, okay. to speak. You couldn't do that, <laughs> no, could you? You could not do that. So uh, Rachel Gardner is oh. here, Yeah. as always. Um, but this week we are celebrating the release of Rachel's new book. Thank you. Which yeah. is called... The Girl Deconstruction Project. And it is published by Hodder. Yep. And it is out today, I think. Well, I think it's at the end of this week. The end of the week. That's that's kind of what we're saying. We're taking pre-orders. Oh, yeah, yeah that's really so exciting. That, that feels exciting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well done, you know, for, you. for completing a book. That in itself, I always think people should get a large... Round of applause and glass of something at that point, but um, but you have written the book and uh, and we're going to spend the whole week talking about it. Oh, the, the listeners! I can hear them just inwardly groan. So let me just explain what's going to happen. Yeah. Gentle, gentle listener to the Usegate podcast. Um, today um, we are going to do a normal edition of the Usegate podcast, and we are going to talk to Rachel, and later on we're going to hear from our very special guest, Lou Fellingham. Mm-hmm. Fantastic interview. Um, that you have done as part of a series then of interviews with fabulous women mm-hmm. um, talking about uh, some of the issues, some the of the issues yeah. raised mm-hmm. in the Girl Deconstruction Project. So then, if you are so inclined, you can get four more podcasts this week. Oh. Four more. So there's another one, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. We've got four more fantastic guests yes. talking about uh, the issues raised in this book and lots of other things. Yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to those, we've made it really easy for you. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the Escape podcast, you'll just get them. Yeah. They'll just appear. They'll just appear. They'll just interrupt your life. That's right. When you're least expecting it. But they are good guests. But Can I just say they're good they guests? They are amazing they guests. They are amazing But guests. not too much mm. interruption. Mm. And, uh, and if you don't want to listen, no one's going to know. No one's going to judge you. You can just... I will know. You, she won't know. I, I promise she won't know. I won't know. Um, you, you can just scroll on past. Yeah. And, uh, scroll normal... on by. I like that. Yeah. Scroll on by. You can. You but, can just scroll on by. Yeah. You, feel a, you, you sound a little bitter when you say that <laughs> for those people who are going to scroll. <laughs> um, but if you, if you, what normal service will be uh, resume, resume next Monday with another Youthscape podcast. But we're going to, uh, we're going to meet a, a lot of interesting people mm. over the next five days. Yeah. And later on, uh, Lou Fellingham. But first, author, speaker, um, mother, wearer of tasselly clothing, wife, nice labels, yeah, and so many, and, but most importantly, daughter <laughs> of the Most High, princess, princess, <laughs> not a good start, is it? Really? Princess Rachel Gardner is here. Um, so Rachel, um, give us a little bit of a um, uh, an idea of, yeah. of of why you've chosen to write this yeah. book. So a couple of years ago, at a number of Christian festivals, youth work festivals, I was doing some seminars and I thought I'd just do a little bit of in-house research. So I asked a thousand girls aged, I think they would be sort of 16 to 25, I asked them to fill in this, uh, this little questionnaire which was, the kind of girl I am is, the kind of girl I'm not is, and the kind of girl I want to be is. And I thought mm. it would just be really interesting for me to kind of just find out what the girls do with this. Now, I realise that using the word girl for 25-year-old women isn't mm. an easy... And, but that's partly what this book's about. Like, what words sit well with us as women? Because we don't feel like we're women, but we're not girls if we're in our 20s. Um, 
And I also thought, should I say person or should I say girl? And then I thought, mm. no, I'd quite like to see what they do with the word girl. Mm. Like, what are the preloaded ideas around that? And what I found, Martin, that was really interesting was that out of these thousand responses from my kind of slightly stupid brain and not being very good at analysing responses, I, in my brain, they kind of fell into two quite neat categories. So it was either a young woman, a Christian young woman said, the kind of girl I'm not is, and then she listed kind of basically victims. So mm. I, they, she othered people. I'm not like her. I'm not a loser. I'm not promiscuous. Mm. So quite mm. judgmental. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other girls. Well, in, really interesting. And yet probably wouldn't have come from that heart, but that was what was yeah, identified. Yeah. And, and she would be more likely to say the kind of girl I am is, and she'd use words like quite um, objective words, like I'm quite sporty, I'm quite huh. into science. So and then And then she would be, more likely to say the kind of girl that I want to be and then she would say something like I want to be really living out for Jesus so this incredible landscape of this young girl's woman's heart of I'm afraid that I might be like her mm-hmm. I, I think I have a vague idea of some of the things that I'm good at but I really want to be confident mm-hmm. living for Jesus just mm-hmm. living at an extreme edge really okay so there was that girl, um, and then the other type of respondent seemed to say, the kind of girl I'm not is, I'm not loved. Oh. I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not clever enough. So really, just really heartbreaking. Mm. She might be more likely to say, the kind of girl I am is, and use a word like kind, which I felt she didn't really believe that was a good thing. It was just mm. a thing, you're, you're kind of like an inner world thing. And then she would say, the kind of girl I want to be, and the word that that particular category of young person would say is I want to be confident and the word Mm. confident came up in about 94% of the responses wow so more than anything confidence and so I just went away for a year and thought gosh what would it look like if I kind of did something about that and I thought I'm not going to write a book about confidence because Mm. I think you don't get confident by reading something. Confidence is the product of experience, isn't it? The more you do something and realise the world has not fallen apart, then you have a little bit more courage yeah. to do that next yeah, time. Yeah. So I thought I'd actually quite like to write a book about courage where we deconstruct some of the lies about, well, you're this kind of girl or you should be like this or you actually, if you do that, that's proof that actually you are X, mm. Y, and Z. Mm. And tries to reconstruct, well, what does it mean to be created in God's image with incredible capacity and potential, um, and we can define and redefine what it means to be female in the 21st century in light of who Jesus says mm, we are. And mm. so it is, it is a kind of a little bit of a deconstruction and a reconstruction. Wow. Yeah. Now, in a b- before we leap into like what's actually in the book, there's yeah. two things I need to raise with you. One, these tassels <laughs> are very distracting. So I'm wearing a bright yellow dress. With big tassels at the sleeve. But they've got to be like a foot long. They, I mean, they, as I, and I also, I use my hands when I talk. Don't you I do. Say. Have I swiped you a couple I of times? I just keep thinking you're going to actually lasso me. I think I might do. With one of those tassels, because they are a little bit Wild West as well. That's the style. Did you listen to anything I said just then? I was, was just thinking about, about the tassels. tassels. You know what? If you're not careful, if you move your arm in a certain sort of <laughs> pendulum kind of style, you I could might... hypnotise me. <laughs> Martin, you're a powerful woman. <laughs> I, am, I am feeling more confident, even as you speak. But the other more the more serious question, yeah. which proves that I was listening, yeah. uh, is I think a lot of people listening will be wondering exactly what I'm listening right now, which is Rachel Gardner. When you were growing up, yeah. which of those two camps would you have fallen into? Um, probably the first. I probably I, I think because I was quite a devout little soul, and um, also probably because when I read scripture. 
um, particularly the New Testament, the women that I saw presented to me were the victims that Jesus then um, sorted out, which, which I think they are powerful stories of the woman called adultery, etc., etc. But the way that I kind of heard those stories framed was she was a bad girl or she was a, a victim mm. of circumstance mm. or, you know, we, I, we didn't hear the readings of it that we have now. Mm. Um, and Jesus swooped in a little bit like a boyfriend on a horse, a white horse, and saved the day. Um, and, and so actually I was kind of like, oh, I mustn't be that kind of girl. And I think I was quite judgy. Um, mm. And actually, as, an, as a young adult, I think God had to really deal with quite a lot of my hypocrisies mm. and my pharisaical spirit. Um, and because actually, the, every time that we kind of other other people to build ourselves up, we think that there's a kind of a, a weird righteousness, but it stinks, isn't it? It's mm. just hypocrisy. So I think probably I would have fallen into her camp. I probably would have also been a bit, I'm also not good enough. Mm. So I'm judging those that are not good enough. But I also fear that actually that the reason I judge them is because I'm afraid that I'm not good enough. Mm. And, and so I talk in the book, I'm quite honest about things like struggles with masturbation and struggles with just dealing with quite a lot of the regular adolescent stuff and early adult stuff. Because actually for a long time I put that into the camp of I shouldn't be that kind of girl. Mm. But I am doing this stuff, I am in this space. So who am I? If I'm, if I'm not her, but I'm not this going for it for Jesus either. I'm just ordinary and stuck in the middle. So I think I've learned as I got older to kind of embrace the ordinary. The ordinary mm. is beautiful. And also say, Lord, and, and other great people around me, just help me break down some of those lies that I've just lived in and lived under mm. and allow God to speak something over me that's different. And that's an ongoing conversation between me and the Lord. That's a daily thing. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that that is an issue that we see in a lot of young people actually who mm. grow up in a Christian youth group or grow mm. up in those kids, church kids, will often be caught in that, um, they're sort of caught between uh, the, the aspirational, this mm. is who I am, this is mm. who I've, I've signed up to be this sort of person who doesn't do this list of stuff mm. and therefore I'm not like the people who do. Yeah. And also that nagging feeling that actually, but sometimes I do and what does that mean yes. about me and who am I? And, yes. and so the Pharisee, and the guilty kind of, yes. you know, the, the one who know, you know who knows what's going on when yes. the, when when no one's looking, um, live in tension, don't they? Yes. I, I don't know how it is that we help young people navigate that any better than the way you've just described, oh. which is um, just a long, a long yeah, journey. Isn't a long it? journey. I think as well, I I fell into the trap of of definitely seeing myself in a category. So I. Although I went to a, a, a kind of a, a local, a high school, it was actually a boarding school because my family, we were homeless then and so that they sort of took pity on me and <laughs> gave me this place in this boarding school. I was probably one of the only Christians who was seeking to live this out, mm, wasn't just normal. Mm. So I definitely dealt with the category. I was in the Christian category. And the problem with being a token category is that you don't win anywhere. You don't mm. fit in anywhere. Mm. Um, so in the church setting, I wasn't good enough. And in the school setting, I was, I just was... I belong to this category of people that I didn't really think, oh, I'm not really quite like that. I'm still working this mm -hmm. out. And so I think there were times where the way you survive if you're a token is you kind of, you hand over, you kind of play into the stereotypes mm -hmm. a little bit. So I think what I try to do with the book is be really mindful and kind to us as women when we do play into the stereotypes, because we do, mm -hmm. we do play into the stereotypes. Let's not pretend that, that any of us don't, but, but actually what we can do is become more aware of when we're doing that mm -hmm. and then think, okay, am I doing this because I think that's what a woman should do? So Chile in one of the interviews says a great comment like, she was often in rooms with, the, she was the only woman in a room and she would tidy up afterwards. And then mm -hmm. she would say to herself, am I tidying up because I'm in the category of women and think that's what I should do? 
or am I tidying up because I believe that everybody should tidy up irrespective of gender and that mm, and yeah. then she was then able to say guys hey hang on a minute before you disappear pick up your cup and it was a really powerful moment so I think it's mm, spotting mm, mm. where we have bought into the, the lies and the stereotypes mm. being really kind to ourselves and then choosing to do it differently if, we, if that's what we want to do now, regular listeners to the Youthscape podcast live in a constant fear that I'm about to tell a story about my own nudity. Oh, please, because you're quite serious to this But, but I, I'm not going to tell oh, a story about God. my own nudity today because the book opens oh, yes, with you does. naked. <laughs> I mean, No pictures, it's I mean, just writing. The movie rights <laughs> are going to be tricky to negotiate. Well, I did, do you know, partly, I was like... I've written a few books for girls, and I'm and I I'm always really like you are, Martin, as a writer. You think a lot about the words and the stories you give. I wanted this to be a bit more raw and a bit gritty, and it's also for older women. Actually, yeah. I've written it really for 18s to 30 year olds, recognising that slightly younger will read it. So I wanted to kind of hit the ground running with something like this is actually I'm going to talk mm. to you as an adult. Mm. This is mm. not for teens in that sense. Yeah, but <laughs> it's quite funny. Story. Why does it open with you naked? I mean, can we can we explain that rather than just well, stating it? Well, I was really influenced years ago reading some early feminist uh, literature by Jermaine, Jermaine Greer, where she kind of talks about just all the struggles that women have with body and position and power and that kind of thing. And I thought, actually, nudity, nakedness is a great place to start because as a Christian girl growing up and as a young woman, I thought that I wasn't allowed to look at my body or like my body or be aware of my body or care for my body. It had to be this thing that was covered at all times, shut down, locked away. And that does not work, does it? Anybody listening, you will know that. So I thought, I'm going to start with talking about nudity. And actually, the chapter is not about... It is about physical nudity, but it's actually much more about us understanding mm-hmm. that God loves our naked form. And the, the weirdness that we feel about that, let's talk about that. You know, he doesn't just love our heart and our emotions and the things that we say to girls. He just loves your heart and he cherishes... Well, actually, he cherishes the whole of you. Like, the whole of you matters to him. Let's, let's get our heads around that. But it is a, it's a great opening. And <laughs> and what, what I love about it is immediately reading it, you get the sense of who you're talking to. Oh. And it, you are, you're playing a, a, an interesting role in this. It's, it's maybe less big sister now oh. from you, I wonder. Because okay. some of the books you've yeah, written in the past, like Cherished, you, yeah. you play the older sister. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, it's a bit more maybe, dare I say, maternal. Oh, And okay. you know, you, you've got a yeah. slightly different voice there. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and so you really do know who you're writing to, and uh, and I I thought that was very you know as a, as as not the target audience yeah. shall we say as not the target audience I, I I thought gosh I think women are really going to oh, love this because good. you have a great very kind pastoral voice to them as somebody who has walked this journey. Mm. And We're continues to walk it, it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so so give us some more of, of where the book goes. So, you, so the book is broadly split into four sections. It is, it? yeah. So there's three chapters under each section, and it's body, mind, soul, and strength, which is that beautiful thing from scripture, isn't it? That, that mm. this is the, this is the complete sense of who we are, um, and we live in a culture that likes to slice us up. Um, and I wrote a chapter. One of the chapters is called Power, and I open by talking about being raised on Spice Girls, and and then the next chapter I write is about death because I actually. I actually thought all of this stuff I've written, I stand fully behind, that we need to know absolutely who we are, have a strong sense of our skills and abilities, be proactive, show up, be seen and be heard. But, but the chapter Die, which I'm not going to say too much about to leave you to read, is mm. to me probably the one that I wrote, probably sobbing my eyes out the whole time I wrote that chapter. Because actually in the end, where this all lands to me is that as women, we absolutely have to gather everything that we are. You know, not kind of 
hand over to other people, tell me what to do. No, we live in this body, we live this life, we're called, we've got to wrestle with gender, we've got to work this stuff out. But the reason is, actually Jesus then stands in front of us and says, are you willing to hand all of this over? And I think, I'm getting a bit choked saying it, I think in a culture where women around the world, we know with the Me Too movement, and just the way that women are used as weapons of war, raped in country, you know, we just know that if you're a girl, if you're a woman in, in the majority world, you are more vulnerable. We know that in our culture as well. But we also know that Jesus has the audacity to stand in front of us because he knows us the most and he knows how he made us. And he says, are you willing to hand all of this over and be everything that I say you are? And in a culture where as women, we're trying to find our voice and not hand over who we are to others. Mm. That's a really interesting thing as Christians to get our heads around. Mm. And I think that sometimes in church settings, um, you'll hear a male speaker say, well, just give yourself away. And as a woman sat there, I'm like, well, I've given myself, you know, I don't even know who I am anyway, so it's hardly much of an ask. Yeah, that's fine. And, then, and I really felt, no, actually, I don't just give myself away because I don't know who I am. Jesus says, discover who you yeah. are, and then come give it away. Yeah. Like, so I think that two side is just, it's brilliant. And so, I, yeah, so I just hope when people get to that chapter, they feel it's a gift, not a kind of a, bludgeon over the head I want that to feel like this is a gift now Jesus mm. says do you want to do this do you want to hand this over because it's only you that can do this no one else can give your life away for yeah. you it's only yeah. you that can do this so in this current climate yeah. I think that's quite a provocative chapter it is I think one of the most profound things concepts that Jesus illustrates is, is submission mm. but that means something different doesn't mm. it to a, to a woman actually as you say I don't use that word to once a, in the to book. a man yeah uh, and yeah. Uh, but but you're right. He yeah. does. He does. But it it's almost find your life yes. and and then and then yeah. choose to lose it. Yes, absolutely. Wow. It is. Yeah, beautiful. Now I feel like we're going to go from the profound to the ridiculous now because I as I was scanning um, the acknowledgements for a mention of my own name. <laughs> I uh, didn't find it, but I did see a mention of the uh, cake or muffin shop where you wrote it all. I do, and actually, I called? have to say, Martin, you are, I do acknowledge you, I just don't name you, I call just, you, yeah. I say Youthscape and the, and the Mighty Minds, and You've Martin, that is me. you. I have other so, you, you um, are the Mighty Mind. So, yeah, I'm only joking. So, um, <laughs> oh yes, the cake shop. Uh, you, you, you wrote it all, tell, just tell yes. me about the creative process. <laughs> right, so as lots of women and men, I juggle many, many things, and I had a very short window to write this in. Um, and so I, I kind of gave myself set times during the week and I went to Miriam's Munchies, a little, little independent coffee Miriam's shop. Munchies, I love Miriam's it. Munchies. It's a tiny coffee shop where it has, I think, three tables and oh, wow. about six chairs. And I got, I just found myself being just so territorial. So if I got into the coffee shop at 8 a.m., having dropped my yeah. daughter at breakfast club, and if there was someone sat in my chair, I'd just stand. Kick like, off. Frozen to the spotlight. I don't know where else to sit. And a couple of times, this poor person would sort of look at me a bit like, and just <laughs> sense that they're sat in my chair. So then I would sort of move in. But it has no toilet in oh, it. No. It's one of those. I couldn't get no a mirror. Grief. So I also would know that I would have, I mean, it's, I timed it to a fine art, my bladder. I knew I'd have three hours, 20 minutes. What? I could do three hours, 20 minutes. What are you, a camel? I am a camel, but I just knew from the moment I started drinking coffee. And so it just became this really like, wow. like immersive experience. I love that. And I would put in my headphones and listen to the same song on repeat. And then my lovely husband, who's like, Rach, maybe you need a bit more time than just your three hour, 20 minutes. And he was like, go, just go and like find, like just Google some really cheap hotels nearby and do like a few mad 24 hours and that was a killer because I'm oh, such okay. an extrovert and I would clock myself into a certain type of brand of 
Premier Inn others are available. Yeah. Um, and if you have from 2pm, don't you, through wow. till 12 the next day. And the lady would be like, and it's always a woman, isn't it, often who's cleaning the rooms. Yeah. At five star, I'd be like, no, I've got five more minutes, I've got five more minutes. Oh, really? And I tried desperately, yeah. So it was a hilarious Written process. in the Premier Inns of, <laughs> of, of North of London. Anything in a 50-mile radius and Miriam's Munches. Miriam's yeah, Munches. Now, the big, the big thing that that reveals, for all youth workers <laughs> listening, there's a huge question around coffee shops because a lot of our oh, a lot of our best work is done in coffee shops. Yeah. But what is what is the rule? Do you think, especially in a place with not many tables, how many like what's your coffees per hour ratio okay. like? Yeah, okay. You can't just be one of those people no. who sits there using the Wi-Fi. Yeah. For three hours on one coffee, can you? So so what did you? Well, what was your rule? <laughs> I would order a coffee when I went in, and then after about an hour and a half, I would order. They do the most amazing scrambled egg on toast. So oh, I nice. I would feel they do like two things in a coffee. So I'd okay. feel that that would be my thing. Wow. But also independent coffee shops, they how they make any money, I don't know. They are extraordinarily awesome at what they do, but they genuinely like you sticking around, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Bless them. They are like this incredible breed. But you do most of your work in coffee shops. I do. Don't you? I do. But now I want to go to Miriam's. Miriam's I think we should do a launch event. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I do, I do. And I'm, I, my trick is, and this is terrible. Do you take I, your own coffee? No, I don't take my own coffee. That would be bad. But I always get it in a takeaway cup. Oh. Because number one, it doesn't go cold so quickly. And number two, I don't know if that's scientifically true. Mm. And number two, uh, they they look at your table and they don't know whether the, the cup is a new cup or an old cup, whether it's full you or it's empty. It. That's so genius. So, People are taking notes yeah, as yeah. we are speaking. I feel bad, but if you're going to work in a coffee shop for like eight hours a day, as I yeah. often do, you can't, you can't be buying like eight coffees. Apart from anything else, I'll die. Martin, when I call you, there's often like a gaggle of teenagers, like within earshot, like just shouting. I'm like, how do we get any work done? I like, surround myself <laughs> with teenagers all the time. <laughs> That's why I'm so authentic. You're just sat in, in McDonald's, aren't you? You're not in a coffee yeah. shop at all. Yeah, no, there are very right. annoying, loud teenagers mm. in my local coffee shop. Right, let's do the first interview. Yes. yes! So our first guest today is Lou Fellingham, who will be known to many as the uh, the front, front person of... Yeah, See, I didn't know how to do that then. Front person. Oh, I said front right. person. Is yeah, that right? That's okay. Front person. <laughs> Sounds like back bottom or front bottom. It did sound a bit like front bottom. <laughs> Are we going to edit this out or leave it in? No, she won't. Okay, yeah. she's the front person, person yeah. not front bottom, of Fatfish. Yeah. And, uh, she and was, it doesn't exist anymore. All around brilliant mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you probably do a better job introducing well, these interviews than I would. She's an incredible worship leader. And I think what I love about Lou is that she has been leading worship for a very long time. And so she's kind of watched the worship community develop. And so she has this... She has this kind of big sister maternal view. I think she, what she brings is real Christian maturity, excellent music ship, whatever that word yeah. is. She's a fantastic singer. But how she leads women and men in worship of all demographics, mm. also, it, it, she's really is one of the best, I think, because she just has this incredible heart of communicating something amazing of God and allowing people to hear their own voice in worship and hear God singing over them. So I popped down to her house and just caught up with her. And from the get-go... She did what I really hoped all the guests would do and what they have done, which is doesn't just give us the this is my front stage persona. She absolutely lets us in to how she works this out day by day. As a woman who's like me, she's you know, she's she started out in her twenties, she's now in her early forties, she looks incredible, she looks like in her early thirties, but how she works this out in a day by day setting and, and deals with being in the public eye, being looked at, being assessed, being liked, being not liked, but constantly listening to God first. Okay, well, let's hear uh, Rachel meet Lou Fellingham. The Girl Deconstruction Podcast. 
well, um, I'm sat with Lou Fellingham. Woohoo! Hello, Lou! Hello, Rachel. And Lou, normally, I have to say, normally it's me wearing the brightest trousers in the room. <laughs> Can you tell everyone what colour trousers you're wearing? Uh, they happen to be bright orange, yeah. They're I do good. like a bit of colour. But, and it matches so, your lipstick and your toes. Yes. You're my kind yes. of girl. <laughs> I know. We, we do actually have similar tasting clothes, I think. Yeah. Topshop earns quite a lot of money from us. It I does. Reckon. I think if we lived near each other, <laughs> we would be raiding each other's wardrobe. Definitely we? would. Definitely would. <laughs> Lou Fellingham just said she'd raid my wardrobe. I'm so excited. So, um, Lou, you very kindly have opened the front door of your house and allowed me to come in. And we've had a lovely lunch. And then I said, Lou, can I just chat to you about being... A woman who is called by God to get in the music industry. You're a worship leader. But I thought I'd start a few years ago. In fact, many years ago. Oh, when I first saw you in Fatfish. Because yes, you were in Fatfish. Yes, yes. you have quite yeah. dark hair, didn't you? Like, uh, quite do you know what? I have, I've had long, yeah, short, many. blonde, dark blue purple all sorts of things going on with my hair and right now uh, it's right now it's peroxide yeah blonde yeah it's great um, with a purple shampoo which yeah, it's I, people great. stop me in the street and ask me where i get my color from i'm like it's just the shampoo <laughs> it's, it's like permission it funny? isn't it when your yeah. hair is like not a natural color yeah. people are legitimately allowed to ask yeah yeah i love it i love this color it's really fun so it really so you. but i did have dark hair at one point and yes i think i saw you i think you were playing with fatfish early days in a bar in london i think the yep. bear or something and i yeah yeah. And I just looked at, we're similar age, and I looked at you and thought, A, wow, her voice is incredible, like where does it come from? And B, you're a woman who's doing what God's called you to do, and you're having fun, like you're having a lot of fun. Yes. Tell us a bit about those early days. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I moved to Brighton when I was 19 to join a band. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any kind of um, history of, with Brighton or with the people I was coming to, no. but I knew that I wanted to sing. And um, I come from kind of fairly traditional background, Baptist, evangelical background, and used to sing in little local churches, that sort of thing. And then step by step did stuff. I worked for Youth for Christ for a year. And oh, then wow. off the back of that came to Brighton to join the band. And really our kind of aim was to um, go into pubs and clubs and be salt and light. So basically what, what that was was using songs about our faith, but not necessarily... Yeah what you'd sing in church on a Sunday. Uh, it was kind of the jazz, jazz funk era, acid jazz funk era, so there were lots of grooves that oh, went on for so a very cool. long time. <laughs> and, uh, and then also um, there was a guy called Dave Fellingham who was a worship leader at the time, and he said, you'll be involved in worship in the local church. Mm. And that was something really that I'd only caught a glimpse of the year before in, um, at Spring Harvest. And I remember just sitting, uh, I was temping at an office, um, just kind of saying, oh, I wonder what that actually looks like, yeah. really. And I'd quite like to know a bit more about that, God. And then ended up with this interview um, down in Brighton. And so that was a starting point. Wow. So we did lots of pubs and clubs up in London, in Brighton. Um, had a residency in the Casablanca for a while in Brighton. And just basically grooved our way through for yeah. the first few years. Got in a Land Rover. We drove all around the place with a Land Rover and trailer. And it was a lot of fun. It's amazing. I, yeah, I, remember, I remember you being... It's just very, very cool. And I think you're right, the acids... I mean, I think... It was such different music to what we, you know, many, many years ago expected Christian women artists to be involved with. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you find, because you're a young woman, you're very attractive, like, how, how were you, even in those days, working out, like, 
the kind of expectations in culture about being a woman who's an artist, you're in the public eye a lot, people are looking at you, they're kind of judging your voice, they're judging how you look. Do you remember yeah, sort of yeah. how you dealt with all of that? <clears throat> well, I think it, it, it was and is and continues to be a challenge. Um, I, you know, I think I, even the other day I was talking to a friend and I, I said, I've cried every night this week because I just keep putting on weight and I can't lose it. And so you have to kind yeah. of go through these processes of, well, why are you crying? And why... And often... Some of it is because of being in the public eye as well. So you see photos of yourself or you see a lot more on display, in, not in terms of like cleavage. Yes. But, yeah. um, uh, but, you know, just you're, people are looking at you, you've got photos all the time, you're seeing what you look like all the time and you're confronted with it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think um, it, it was a challenge definitely to... You just have to keep finding where your security is first and foremost as a person and then as a woman um, out of that. So it really comes down to identity um, and just knowing who you are and that you don't have to be somebody else. Um, I think I was definitely helped by the fact that uh, my mum and dad were really empowering. Mm. So they were... I didn't have to feel like I had to look a certain way to persuade people mm. from that perspective. They'd given me a lot of confidence. Wow, excellent. Um, which I think is unusual. Um, I also have four younger sisters, so um, they would probably tell me if I looked shocking, although <laughs> I think they let me look a lot worse sometimes. We've got some really funny family photos, and they're like, that. when you look like that, we learned that we should never look like that. Oh, no, it's like you're the guinea pig. <laughs> I was definitely the guinea pig. So how long are you going to give it before uh, they get their hair plastered? Well, well we did. Like... It, funny enough, there were seasons where I'd have my hair chopped short and then they would have their hair chopped short or I'd have it longer than they... Now, I don't think any of them would do this. Um, But yeah, I think it's an ongoing challenge. Mm. I think it's down to identity, just Mm. knowing who you are and, um, you know, not feeling like you have to be a people pleaser, not feeling like you have to look a certain way in order to be accepted. But that's hard because... In a sense, it's not just about how you feel, but it is actually how people respond. So if you don't fit into a certain way, even though you might be fully confident, yeah, um, other people might think, actually, I don't want to accept you. I am going to reject you because you don't fit into the mould that I'd like you to, to yeah. fit. And, so and without a, sort of asking you to be like super, like, super honest, I, I mean, have you had that? Either because actually people didn't, don't really want a Christian woman to be singing and doing that for I mean, have you have you felt that? Like actually I think I'm secure in who God's made me to be and this mm. is my calling and these are my talents and this person's struggling with that. But I mean have mm. you had those experiences? Um, I wouldn't say that I have massively. I think probably Girls can get a bit jealous. Yeah. So I probably had it more from girls yeah, interesting. than from Wow, tall guys. puppy syndrome, isn't it? Where you see yeah. someone doing really well and want to kind of just yeah. passive-aggressively turn yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, so probably a bit more of that. Okay. But nothing terrible. Um, but I would say there's probably an easy undercurrent, you know, of, of that sort of thing that happened in in time. I don't think I have that anymore particularly. Mm. Um, I think... For me, I was still working out my identity, so it might not have come out in the way I looked, mm. but I definitely it definitely came out in terms of boyfriends and things like that. So I dated a few guys that weren't Christians when I was at school and kissed far too many people and, you know, just went a bit far sometimes mm. and I, I really regret that. So my, my expression of trying to work out who I was didn't come out in terms of, like, showing too much boob or you yeah, know yeah. too short a skirt but it yeah. came out in, in other ways in other yeah. ways yeah um that's probably 
where it landed for me personally. Yeah. Now you, this is 20 years ago that you began, is, is it about 20 years you've been singing on platforms and songwriting yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 20 years in you are, if I don't get what I'm saying, I think you're getting better and better and better at this and oh, actually in no way are you, oh, do you remember Lou Fellingham and what she used to do? Actually I think, you know, every generation is just love your music and and watching you lead worship, Lou, is just, it's just incredible. So I guess for you, although you know your identity is rooted in Christ, kind of working out who you are and how it works for this season of your life, that, there's been many changes for that, I guess, yeah. for you. How, yeah. So how have you navigated that? You're a mum to some brilliant kids, you're a wife, you've lived in community, you're you know, part of a local community. How do you kind of navigate that? I mean, wow, what a massive question. I just slurp my tea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I wake up fine. each day and we I say, What now, Lord? Oh, we love you more, though. Oh, that. No, but I that's don't the know. truth, though, isn't it? It's oh, not yeah. like, it's not. I think sometimes we look at women in, in, in positions of leadership and we think, Oh, it must be so easy for her. Like, yeah. It must just be so obvious every day what she has to do. No, but... I, I, not at all. I think, you, you know. You have some, I think I'm like everybody else. Well, I think I am, or maybe I'm completely <laughs> weird. But, you know, you wake up each day and you can feel like the circumstances can be identical and yet you can wake up one day feeling fantastic, on top of the world, I'm going to take everything. And then the next day you wake up and feel, I feel really low, mm. I feel really rubbish about myself. I feel like I've got no energy for this or how am I going to cope with that? And so, you know, for me, it's like, how do I deal with that? I'm quite an emotional person. Um, and so often my way of coping is to cry. So I cry if I'm happy. I cry if Britain's got talent because I see all these people coming alive. And oh, I cry, you know, I cry if I'm sad. I cry if I'm stressed. And so trying not to be governed by your emotions, mm. but actually to remain constant is something that's an ongoing thing. You know, it's like it, you have to try and keep learning how to um, really stay rooted mm. And so um, I think time with God is just such a key thing. Yeah. And you can't shortchange that. You can't, you can't kind of skip past it. It's like, um, it's just important. And so you, you miss out if you don't do it. And so you could, obviously as a mum and as different things going on in life, you have different seasons in terms of how much you can do that lengths of time that you get to spend with God blah 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 um, you know I remember three months in after having Jesse I was like God I can't even remember how to say hello to you right now who are you you know so it's not like it, yeah. everything's smooth sailing but um, I think just finding nuggets finding ways that you can spend with God and hear his voice above every other voice is really important so to do that for me personally I take walks around the park uh, I run um, I vocalise things. So mm. I think a lot of our stuff that happens is, is internal quite often, isn't it? It's in our minds. Absolutely. We wake up and we're <clears throat> yeah. battling the mind yeah. and our hearts are wrestling with different things. Um, and actually, I think that the voice that God has given us is a powerful tool. Mm. And so if we stay on mute and we just process internally, it, whether you're an internal or an external processor, then actually things can kind of end up snowballing quite quickly um, and so I've found that actually by articulating either how I'm feeling or finding out 
what I'm feeling and then trying to bring the truth into that that can actually have power mm. so you know when Jesus when, when God created the earth he didn't just think it into existence he spoke it you know he used his voice and I think there's lots of um, things throughout scripture where God is using his voice he sings over us he uses his voice over us and so I think there is is a, a great example there of how we're supposed to use our voices um, and the power that is behind that so I can think you know I'm loved today but if I say it out loud, I am loved today. I'm declaring it. I'm declaring it out Excellent. into the open. Excellent. And so um, I think for me, using my voice is a really key thing. And that's not just because I can speak and I can sing, but actually it's a gift for all of us. So I would encourage you, if you wake up and you've got this battle going on, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be real. You know, God, I'm so annoyed that I feel like this today or I'm really frustrated or I don't want to be like this, but I'm, this is really winning right now. What do I do? You know, actually come to that point of actually saying, well, okay, well, this is how I feel. Yeah. This is what the truth is. So I thank you, God, that I am loved for you, by you today. I thank you, God, that it doesn't matter if my waistline has grown by three inches today. Amen. Who cares? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. What, so what? Yes. You know, what, what does it actually really matter? I can still wear red trousers. I, I'm, yeah. I can still wear my red trousers. <laughs> well, I can as long as it doesn't go to four inches. Then I'll break them. <laughs> I might not be able them. to bend over. Fine. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, but it's like, it's, it's remembering context. Yeah. It's remembering what the truth is. You know, it's remembering why you're breathing why you're existing what actually really matters um and i think also thankfulness is mm. a massive key part to overcoming what the world throws at you how mm. you feel yourself what other people are saying over you circumstances that are going on the moment we start beginning to thank god for things again externally we find that something shifts internally and so thankfulness is a massive part of discovering who God is and mm. discovering who you are. Um, oh, I, again, wow. I had this moment with God only a few months ago, and I'd been feeling internally um, rejected because of a few things and um, just sad. And I felt like I felt I couldn't tell God. I felt I'd lived with this, I'd carried this rejection and pain really to do with a few things that was going on. Um, and, and I kept it internal for ages. And then I realized, why are you keeping it internal? It's because you actually feel like you, you're failing God by confessing it. But if I let you know how I'm really feeling, then I've let you down. Mm. If I let you know how I'm really feeling, you might not let me sing anymore because, um, you know, because I've not been thankful for what you have given me. And I went through this whole process and I was like, well, what's, why am I feeling that way? Oh, it's because... I'm living with this kind of orphan spirit, we call it, which yeah. basically means that you don't realise you're a child of God and he loves you. And you think somehow something is going to separate you from all the promises, all the things that he has for you, belonging to him. And I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm pretty ancient now and I'm living with this orphan spirit. This is not who I'm supposed to be. But I didn't discover that until I actually took it from an internal weight that I, I was letting kind of govern how I was thinking, govern what I was doing, not on purpose, it was just happening, to then external it, externalising it to God and saying, you know, God, actually, I confess um, I'm feeling this way and I've realised that I haven't told you mm. because I'm scared mm. and actually I know that, you know, I'm not supposed to fear you, that that's fear doesn't need, um, you know, 
encounter mm. knowing the love of God, yeah, actually, yeah. I need to flip that on its head. So Holy Spirit, help <clears throat> me. Wow. So, wow. you know, it's it's not, that's by just spending time with God. Yeah. Yeah. You can't rush away. You can't brush things under the carpet. Yeah. I was doing some cleaning today, and then I was smirking to myself. Is that because I, I was coming round? Because you were coming round, Rachel. Oh, okay. I thought I'd better get the place spit spot because it is, it is Rachel Gardner is in my house. Can <laughs> I just eaten say? I've my feet off your floor. Oh, well, close. Um, but anyway, I was cleaning, and I was. Um, if you're a mum of three and you you're working hard, sometimes you do not get to go behind the sofa to clean. No, who, you know who needs to go behind the sofa? But it made me think about the fact that quite often somebody like me um, would do the cleaning. I was cleaning the sink, and you've got like the bit that you drain yeah. the dishes on. And I thought, oh, shall I move that and clean that bit, or shall I just clean up to it? And um, and I thought, no, today I'm going to move it and I'll do it. But I thought quite often I'm the kind of cleaner that just kind of goes around the yeah, sofa and does it. I just get everything yeah. done as quickly as you can. Yeah. Because you're, you're maintaining, aren't yeah. you? You're making it just a maintenance thing. Yeah. But I thought, and there might be a few people that might always lift up. I've got a friend called Mella. She definitely would lift everything up and move things around because she's very kind of particular about things mm-hmm. like that. But most of us probably hoover and clean like that. And I thought, actually, that's probably what lots of us are like with our spiritual mm. walk with God. So mm. we only kind of go up to the bits that are on show or the bits that can be seen, and we think that'll do. And for a while, it maintains well. Mm. But it doesn't mean that all the other stuff is not accumulating mm. and building up. It's just we can't always see it, but it's all there. So when you do move the sofa or you do move a chair, you suddenly realise there's all this mm, junk underneath that needs to yeah. be dealt with. Um, and I guess I just want to encourage people, you know, we're not having to go and do a thorough clean out every time we go and spend time with God, although, you know, you can mm. do. But it, it's good to keep check on stuff that can be laying mm. under the surface that you that haven't yeah. realised is there. So that's why when I arrived, you made me go and stand next to the sink. Is that why? <laughs> Have you there? noticed that I lift just it up move. so that you could um, <laughs> just see? Just shine your face great. in it. That's amazing. <laughs> That is brilliant, and you've wow! Oh my goodness, so much wisdom. So, actually, vocalizing, n- naming the stuff that feels so hidden, and f- and is I mean, it's shame, isn't it? The reason yeah. we don't name this, we don't yeah. lift the lid, yeah, is because as you said, if we if we name it, somehow God will reject us, and then it's doubly worse. Yeah. It? So I, I mean, listen to you, Leo. I can I can hear that this is not something that you suddenly thought of today. This is kind of like this has been hard won in the painful places. But I guess I also hear you say, but it can start today. Oh, so for yeah. anybody listening, it's like, actually, I've, ne- I've never walked like down the road and just said to God, actually, God, this is the dust. This mm. is the stuff under the draining board. That mm-hmm. Actually, you, at any point, you can begin oh, to start yeah. saying that stuff. Absolutely. You? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, you know, God doesn't call us to religion. No. He doesn't call us to a set of rules. He doesn't call us to, you know, manage things and keep mm. things in order and keep things in check. He calls us to be in relationship with him and to be free. Mm. And so every time we live with the burden or the shame or the insecurity or the rejection or whatever it is that you're carrying, mm. um, you're being robbed of freedom. And actually, God God came so that you can be free. Mm. And so um, 
for me, it's a really practical way, taking a walk down the road. We live by the sea, so there's other people that I've encouraged to just go out to the sea and shout it out to God how you're actually feeling. The thing is, we, we fool ourselves into thinking that he doesn't know if we don't tell him. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if I keep it quiet, he, he won't know. <laughs> and it's like, hang on a minute, yeah, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. But he still, because of relationship, wants us to articulate it. Mm. There's just so much power in in words. And often we think about it in the negative, don't we? Well, there's power in words, so you better be careful what you say. Yeah. And actually, there's power in words. So as we are careful with what we say, there's also freedom that can come as we yeah. declare truth, as we're honest with God. You know, throughout the Bible, again, you know, you have David in the Psalms. He was honest. He didn't just kind of go, yeah, everything's great, God. Yeah, You're all yeah, doing yeah. good. You love me. Hooray. I'm fine. I know I'm loved. I'm just yes, loving this yes, cave right now. I just it's really fine. love this yeah. bit. You know, he's real. Yeah. Um, and I, God doesn't call us to be unreal with him. Um, and that that's whether you're male, whether you're female, whatever, yeah. whatever gender yeah. you are. Um you know, God calls us to, to be yeah. real with him. Um, Can I ask you a bit more about, about that, that gender, about being female? Because I think I'd love to talk way more about this, but I also, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sat in front of somebody who, for the past of 20 years, you've, you've pursued God's call on your life in many different ways. I've seen you lead worship in you know, packed auditoriums of thousands. I've seen you lead worship with you know, an incredible bunch of about 20 people like you you just have this wonderful ability to just be in tune with what the spirit is saying and 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 you're the same person whether you're leading with just a few or, or thousands so over the years how have you found the confidence to to do this so the, the book that i'm writing the, 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 i've written sorry i've written it it's actually being printed it's been photocopied <laughs> get a photocopy i'll give you one um uh-huh. it, it comes out of a bit of a research i did over a year ago i asked young christian women yeah tell me about the kind of woman you want to be and like 95 percent of these responses they use the word confident oh, really? so actually above all That's things just, just really want to be a confident christian woman and so what does that pack. mean? Well, it's a great question, isn't it? So what does it mean, Leah? I mean, because you, you, are, you are confident. You look confident, but you're also telling us that some days you wake up thinking, I don't know what's happening today. Yeah. So what does confidence mean to you? There we go. Let's start there. That's a tricky one. <laughs> that is tricky. I didn't, I didn't email you that, did yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> no. I think, uh, what is confidence? Wow. Um, I would link it to words like assurance. And I would link it... Yeah, brilliant. Um, not necessarily maybe in some ways to a steadfastness but sometimes we don't always feel very steadfast yeah. but our faith can be even if our emotions are yeah, a little bit up and down faith, yeah. um, but I think it, it's a definite assurance because confidence is not always about being really loud um, you can be quietly confident about something you can be quietly faithful with something and be carrying on something That's brilliant. and there can be a confidence that carries brilliant. that so again another word I would use is security so you're secure in who you are you're secure about what you're doing so you can have a confidence in, in what you're doing knowing that even if no one else knows even if no one else sees that you can still be confident yeah, that this is what you're definitely. supposed to be doing so there's yeah. an assurance with it um, I think for me, again, it has to come back to knowing, obviously we've talked about identity, but as well as that, you have a, a sense of purpose in terms of knowing why you're made, 
on the earth. So you've obviously got, again, your identity. You've been made to love God. We're you know, made to be in relationship with him. But it also says that he's also given us good works, things that we're supposed to do, that we put our hands to. So that's secondary, but, but it's still real. Mm. You know, God has given us hands to work. So, um, um, so, so I was thinking about Governor B's album then. He's got oh, hands that work. Um, oh, so... It's like my mind just went somewhere else then. Um, but yeah, I think it's this um, sense of, okay, I know who I am. I know I'm loved. I know I'm secure here. I don't have to impress anyone. Mm. So sometimes I can come away feeling as well on some things. I'm so unimpressive to most people. And I go, but really, God, I thank you that even though I feel that way, actually it doesn't matter because to you, I am impressive. Mm. You know, and mm. in the right way of yeah, impressive. Yeah. You know, and that's us. okay. Yeah, so you've got that side, then you've got, well, what are my hands meant yeah. to, to do? So from a little child, I've always sung, and I became a Christian when I was five, um, which I know is unusual for some, but that's when I know I gave my heart to Jesus. And then from, that on, from then onwards, I love telling people about Jesus. So when I was about seven, I told my mum and dad that I wanted to sing, and I wanted to tell people about Jesus. Wow. And so for me personally, I have had the incredible privilege of knowing this is what I'm supposed to do. And I also, and there are many who don't have that. So I've been blessed with the ability to know and have confidence Mm. this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Now again, I've grown up in a home environment that Mm. has supported that, that has nurtured that, that has found ways to release that. I didn't have the connections. I don't have the the big, you know, no. people. I'm not brought up in a famous family. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got the, the famous church. And, yeah. You know, yeah. none of that. No. But my mum and dad knew. I can see that on you. And they were first time Christians as well. Wow. They didn't have anything. Wow. Um, and they were like, yeah, I think that is what you're supposed to do. So from that point onwards, I could build towards something. Um, as a as a woman, as a as a singer, this is what I want to do. So even now. When you're asking God for, I don't know, money for this, or you're asking God for work for that, or the energy to sustain looking after a family of three children, which mm. is pretty full on, mm. and is actually getting more full on the older they get, um, alongside being part of your local church, all those things, being a friend, pastoring people, all the things that you do, my confidence is knowing this is who I'm supposed to be. And so there's a bit in the scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. And so for me personally, that is where my roots are. It's like, right, I'm going to seek your will, which is basically that I'm supposed to sing and tell people about Jesus and then everything else will be added. Now there have been crunch points, Rach. There have been lots of crunch Mm. points. Either, you know, moments where like my mum passed away and you have to hit that point of going okay um do I believe or don't I believe is this real is this not real there have been points in your career you know where um maybe things aren't flourishing as much as you'd like them to or it looks like everyone else is succeeding and you're still down here trying to you know work it out um and and I guess also times you know real crunch points even two years ago um we couldn't pay our mortgage for the first month ever. We've been doing this for like 25 wow. years now. Wow. And there was a month where it was tough, couldn't pay our mortgage, and 
although I was really confident this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. I was sat there going, yeah. oh, Lord, yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. I've yeah. got a family. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, two days before we had to pay the mortgage, we sat down with a guy who is a friend, but but a distant friend. Yeah. Um, and he's just sat down and he said, right, what do you need? He said, I feel God has told me I'm to give to you, mm. and what do you need? Mm. And... We were we kind of didn't want to say because no. firstly it's really embarrassing. Yeah, but I want to be able to I want to be yeah. able to pay, yeah. pay my way. I don't yeah, want everyone exactly. to know that I can't do yeah. that. And then I'm then I'm failing, you know. <laughs> um, so and then it's just a bit awkward ask you know asking anyone for money. Um, and and he said no. God has told me that I'm to supply. So what is it that you need? And Nathan was like, well actually we haven't got all of our money for our mortgage this month. Well how much do you need, Nathan? told him an amount which wasn't enough mm. and he basically wrote double and he said no one ever tells the right amount oh my goodness. and the amount that he gave us was the amount that we oh. needed oh my goodness to pay our mortgage and I just oh. sat there and I just wept yeah you know I was just in tears because like oh god you you do know yeah. oh god you have called me oh god you do love me oh god you are going to supply oh you know and yeah. we've hit we've still hit moments like that even this month last month you know yeah where you know you're being obedient, you know you're following through. Yeah. So how do I not crumble? How do I not fall? Yeah. Firstly, I pray. Yeah. Secondly, I cry. Yeah. Thirdly, I hold on. I'm real with God. Yeah. I don't just pretend, well, I know that you're going to provide. Yes. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> last last yeah. month, I walked around the park and I went, God, this really hurts. Yeah. You know, how, what the heck is going mm. on? This really hurts. Mm. But I do know mm. that this is what you've called me to do. Mm. And so I think... For me personally, I just have an assurance that this is what I'm called to do. Mm. Now, God is so kind, so mm. he'll sometimes encourage you through someone sending you a note or a message or a text or a, you know, there'll be little things along the mm. way that help back up your confidence. I'm not like this lone ranger by myself trying to prove I am amazing and I am strong. You know, yeah. I'm not strong um, on some levels, but, but, you know where to but lean. I know where <laughs> yeah. to lean. Yeah. And God is so kind. Yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. I want to encourage you, you know, firstly, you can't do it in your own strength. No. I'm not doing this because I'm amazing. No. I know. Well, I'm you amazing. are amazing, yes. but yeah, you're not But, you, but I'm yeah. not, you know, it's not yeah. because I can do everything. Yeah. I can't. But it's about knowing this is what God has called me to do. Absolutely. Now, some of my sisters are called to do completely different things. And some of my friends. Does that mean that um, mm. I'm more important than they are? Not at all. No. We just have, each of us has a role that God has God made says. us yeah, to do. And so we can have confidence in that yeah. and then confidence in him and then confidence in us to do that. I just, I wish we'd had this conversation before I wrote the chapter on confidence. <laughs> 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 like, oh, that's really good. Uh-huh. There's so much wisdom. Oh, I don't and know. Thank you for being so honest as well, because I think, I mean, you are you. You don't. You never pretend to be who you're not. But I think because we see you on album covers and we hear your music and we see you at events, actually getting that inside like track. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is mm. that is so beautiful. I, I want to end by asking you just to go shallow. Let's go yeah. super shallow because um you have worked with the good and the great <laughs> in the in the Christian music world and probably further Some. afield. 
you've taught those boys a thing or two, I right, guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, if there was a woman in the music industry, like, living or dead, like, who would you oh, want to goodness. either be mentored by or want to mentor? I mean, are we talking Beyonce? Are we talking oh, like man. <laughs> anybody? Who, who yeah. would you like? Like, if, if you could take an artist under your wing right now, I mean, we we could. This podcast goes if it goes viral, <laughs> like you could actually. But who would you want to take under your wing? Who would you like to say? Look, I just loved like you know, kind of mentor her a bit, or you know. Oh, goodness I have no absolutely <laughs> no idea I, one thing I am not is I'm not a favourites person are you not no so, so if you ask me yes all. I'm not we had 450 people at our wedding um, because couldn't I couldn't say just, no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really not oh, a favourites person okay. so I don't look at things like that well, but in that way you did your song contest so our lovely oh, our I lovely, didn't see it oh bless her she was on the stage our, our oh, British girl yeah. um, and somebody ran on and grabbed yeah. Mike and she just oh, stood no. there being amazing but your heart would have been Lou you'd have been like I want to be with her on yeah I would have been up there like a shot yeah. I'm a bit of a uh, defender of those that might be being bullied and things like okay. that okay really, really annoys me yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Jesse once came out of uh, school or he was coming out of school and I picked up the other two and then these kids were having a fight in the street. And that was a massive part. I did actually did run, you? I did go in there. Started shouting at these 14, 15 year old lads that are a lot taller than I am, I'm pretty sure. But I was like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and I used Jude because I was like, you can't fight in front of my five year old. And of course, kids actually respect the little ones. Yeah, they do. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, really sorry. Sorry, you know, you know. sorry anyway, mad lady. Sounded, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, I've just done that in my son's school. He's going to be so embarrassed. So Jess, I said to Jesse, whatever you do, don't tell anyone I'm your mum. Oh, don't let you're anyone so know. Good. You're and, so uh, good. and then he went into school, and then there was a bit of gossip about this woman with blonde hair and actually my friend who was behind me came in behind me but I didn't know at the oh. time and she had dark hair and we actually had matching plaits in our hair that day so oh, brilliant. it was hilarious <laughs> and, uh, and but then apparently it was like yeah she was quite cool wasn't she so and then this kid went is that your mum Jesse?" and so and he was like yeah, yeah actually. actually it was yeah. so oh, that was a really yeah sorry that was a slight sidetrack the question uh, I mean is there anybody you'd okay, like to so be mentored by or like right you... at this yes, minute at this moment I would really love to go out to the Helsers have you heard of them no Melissa and David Helser okay they are they're a definitely couple... listening to this podcast yeah definitely <laughs> they're a couple out in America who um I, I just love the rawness of their worship and there's a, a realness and a rawness and a, a place that they've encountered God in a way that I haven't yet. Wow. So I'd like wow. to go and I'd like wow. to go there. Brilliant. Um, that's kind of a little dream of mine yeah. at some point, whether or not it come true, I don't know. Um, so there's that sort of thing. I think, you know, you're always on a, on a mission to grow um, and it is hard because there aren't many other women that are doing mm, what we do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think the other thing I quite fancy, I said to Nathan yesterday, I quite like to do a different project that's totally other than what we do because mm. you kind of, once you've got the ball rolling, although you don't have to stay in the same kind of vibe and you can develop and you can grow, there's a certain expectation of a sound and yeah. of what you're serving, which I love doing and is really important right so i kind of quite like to do something completely like i don't know poppy and dancey and something completely other thing do it we'll buy it won't we that's fantastic yeah i don't know we'll see fantastic no it's great i mean it's and it's really and i want to say thank you to you i mean you're you're not doing this because you know you want to kind of 
be on podcasts like this talking about you're doing it because you're responding to what God's saying but thank you for, for using your gifts and your talents and allowing God to to work with you on the days when you feel strong <laughs> on the days when you feel weak and yeah. being honest about that and also being a woman that young women can look at and say actually she's living for Jesus and you know she's she's not breathing in the atmosphere that this makes her any more important because she's on a platform with a mic I mean it's so obviously that you just have such humility but you also lean in you know when when God says go do this you you go do it you know Mm -hmm. you don't hold back you don't silence your voice you speak and it is incredible so thank you Mm, and thank you for letting me come to you I can hear the birds and the people can hear on the recording but the birds are singing haven't they in the garden it's so lovely so thank you for this little slice of your life oh it's really chocolate ginger biscuits yeah, so I'm going to turn the podcast off and I'm going to eat some chocolate absolutely thank you we love you bye she's my friend's sister you know I didn't, I didn't tell you that no my friend Becky is Lou's sister she's your friend's auntie's granny's no sister's. no she's just my friend oh, okay it's always directly <laughs> It's not like one of those ridiculous six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I know things. her. I know her. I actually don't, I don't know. I've never met her. She's amazing. Yeah, she too. is amazing. Oh. So that's cool. So um, what, what I actually did was all these lovely women who um, uh, came and did the lovely podcast for me, I gave them a little necklace oh. uh, with the word courage on and the Girl Deconstruction Project. Beautiful silver necklace with the word courage on a coin. And, and Martin, very excitingly, um, I have a few more of those left over, five left over. Have they been provided by our friends at Hot of Faith? They have. And the opportunity is that any of you can win a little bundle. So the book, um, a tote bag, and a necklace, a little wow. bundle. Yes. I mean, that is worth having. It is worth having. Would you like to win it? No, you're not allowed to win it. I can't win it. No, you can't. Because I'm not courageous. I'm the cowardly lion of the, of the Escape podcast. So, uh, so we're going to make it easy yes. for you to win one of these what we're call bundles. Bundles. Bundles of courage. Bundle is a lovely word, isn't it? Bungle or bundle? No, bundle. Bundle. Bundles Bund- of courage. Because the D is like quite far back in your throat. Bundle. It's like it's a very comforting word, isn't it? It is a comforting word. <laughs> so if you'd like to win, if you're still with us, you're still listening after this nonsense. Um, if you'd like to win one of these, it's very very easy. All you need to do is email our podcast email address, which is podcast at youthscape.co.uk. That is podcast at youthscape.co.uk. It's what you'd imagine it would be. It's brilliant, nice and easy. And uh, you just need to give us the answer to this question. So whatever age you're at, and because this is a youth work podcast, we thought whatever age you're at, what one piece of advice or one kind of word or idea of hope would you like to pass on to a teenage girl? So what one thing would you like to pass on that's helped you? Maybe it was passed to you, or maybe it's a thought that's dropped into your mind. What would you love to give a teenage girl? Is they're trying to work out who they are and who God calls them to be. And if you email that to the podcast email address, we will do a draw. And next Monday, on next Monday's Youthscape podcast, we will be announcing the five women or five men. Men, you can do it as well if you've got a necklace. Um, and we'll be sending them to you. Legit. Is it really? It's are men allowed to I enter? I, well, I'm not, I can't like discriminate against men and say they can't enter. But you'll be receiving a book and a bag and a yeah. necklace. Lovely. So if that's what you want, get involved. Go for it, guys. <laughs> um, let me just give you one piece of advice from my many years in, in uh, Christian media. Uh, no one ever enters these things. Right? Oh, no. No one ever enters them. Sending so me five times. So genuinely, no, no, no. Because, because what I'm <laughs> saying see. is, if you're listening to this... You'll actually get it, won't Yeah, you? just like genuinely you've got a great chance. Because no one ever enters. And if you just email Jesus loves you, I'll be like, yes, that's awesome. That's enough. That's, that's enough. enough. So come so, on, just do it. So one piece of advice yeah. to podcast at youthscape.co.uk. Direct to the inbox of producer Rachel. Yes. She'll, She'll be very excited by that. She'll be very excited. Yeah. Right, well, we're going to do four more of these this yes. week. Yes. 
Uh, but it's time to tune out of the uh, the official Monday Youthscape podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would like to do a couple of things. Like to tell you about our Patreon. Oh, superb! Uh, there is no link between you being a patron and getting priority in the prize draw. I tell you that right now. There's no link at all. There probably is. There isn't. I promise there isn't. I think we're probably breaking several laws even by suggesting there is. No, there isn't. The uh, the Patreon is if you would like to support the work of Youthscape, which includes this weekly podcast, then you can do so um, for about seventy five p. A think. month. Uh, a month, mm. it's less than the price of like a packet of smints. Oh my goodness, Just the go. last thing I Tick bought shots. that cost mm. more than 75p. Um, and, uh, and you can do that at patreon.com slash youthscape. Um, we probably need a new cast of hellos, don't we? We do. Um, but we're not going to do that now, but no. we're going to come up with a new list. But for now, we're going to do hello to Lou Fellingham. And i tell you who else I'm going to say hello to. Yes. Cathy uh, Matavan, Chine McDonald. Uh, Laura Hancock and Ariana Walker. And why is that, Martin? Because they are the guests Woo-hoo! on the Girl Deconstruction Project podcasts this week. So you have all those fabulous people to look forward to. Uh, tomorrow we will be hearing from Kathy Madavan. She's Te- awesome. Who's Kathy? Oh, she's phenomenal. She's she's a, you'll know her from places like Spring Harvest. She's a writer. She's a communicator. She is she's hilarious actually. So it's a great podcast tomorrow where she does talk about knickers. I mean, that's me sold. So uh, make sure you uh, tune in automatically tomorrow. Uh, If you would like to get hold of a copy of The Girl Deconstruction Project, which is released, we think, this Friday Friday by Tassel Girl here, (laughs) you can get it from the Youthscape store, uh, www.youthscape.co.uk slash store. And you'll find it there right on the front page. The Girl Deconstruction Project story continues tomorrow. (laughs) 